The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investments goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 referred to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors, LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We are in the money, the skies are sunny, and old man recession, you are doing us wrong, and we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe, and this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market, we talk about the pandemic, we talk about social security, estate planning, income taxes, you name it, we talk about it and we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. And this week's going to be no exception because we have an absolutely fantastic show lined up for you. But before we go one step further, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morave, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morave. Thank you, Jack. And I am founder of Retirement Planners of America, and we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then uh, we are here to serve you, to help you, to achieve your goals. We have two goals in mind with this show and in our practice. The first is we want you to have financial peace of mind. And secondly, we want your money to last as long as you do. I love it. Yes, we do love it. Very much so. And in fact, uh, something that we're very proud of, Barron's named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 uh, financial advisors actually for the eighth year in a row. And while I am flattered by that, we would be nowhere without our beloved and most valued clients. So all you clients, we love you. We thank you. So let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So first of all, um, you may have noticed that the jobs numbers came in on Friday, and uh, they actually were better than expected, meaning that uh, fewer jobs were destroyed and more jobs were, were uh, and, and you know, not created. I don't think we're creating jobs right now. We're, we're bringing them back. So I'll say more jobs are being brought back than what was expected. And so what does that mean? So we're going to talk about that with you. Also, um, something that I think is a, a very interesting topic, and that is we're going to talk about five ways to turn income into wealth, okay? And there's a difference between income and wealth, and I want to talk with you about those. So we'll, have, we'll, we'll give you five ways to do it. And also, as we do every week, we'll have our social security strategies for you. 
have some good questions this week. And by the way, if you'd like me to answer your questions, then send them to me. My email address is ken at rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And uh, I'll endeavor to answer your questions on the air. And by the way, don't make them too hard because if they're too hard, I'm just not going to answer them. Okay, because I got to look good on the radio. You can't stump me with these questions. No, I'm kidding. Send send them along. Sorry about this. I know it's a bit silly. <laughs> it is very silly, Hal. And also this week, we're going to talk, and by the way, since we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon, our philosophy of how we manage money and what, and our view of the world is potentially different than someone who is younger, who is more aggressive in their investments and all that. So we tend to be conservative from the standpoint of protection of principle is important. You know, obviously, we want to grow money. That's very, you know, growth is very important. But protection of principle is even more important. And keeping what you have so you can retire or keeping what you have so you can draw income on it while you are retired is very, very important. And so what we're going to talk about this week is why losing money may actually be worse than you think. Okay, I mean, nobody wants to lose money. I get it. But I want to tell you why it actually could be worse than you think if you're within five years of retirement or you're in the first five years of your retirement. So if you're in that decade, you want to listen to that segment. So you know what, Jack? Most shows would actually stop right there. Most shows would say, you know what? If we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me. But on this show, do we stop right there? Do we only go where people expect us to? Of course we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And this week, I want to talk with you about the SECURE Act and how it has impacted estate planning. Okay, And there are three major areas that I think uh, if you are over 50 that you might be interested in learning about when it comes to what the SECURE Act did and your IRAs and your retirement and your uh, estate planning. So we'll have that one for you at about 10 till. So we have a fantastic show lined up for you. And uh, I hope uh, that you will stay tuned for the entire program. Uh, I, I want to dive into everything, but I got to share something that I thought was uh, uh, kind of funny. Um, and uh, that is, you know, we always talk about how your retirement should be your second childhood without parental supervision. And uh, so this person was uh, heard me say that and said, yeah, well, the virus has grounded me for my second childhood. I'm, I, I'm grounded right now. I may not have any parents, but that virus has grounded me. So there you go. Even when you're an, uh, an adult, you can still find your way to be grounded. Anyway, let's talk about jobs and uh, what does it all mean? As you guys know, our view of the world right now is that there, there's a disconnect between what's going on on the ground in the economy and the stock market. And it is massive because if you look at the, the – even though jobs were way better than people expected them to be, it's still – we still have a 10 percent unemployment rate right now. And 10 percent unemployment is as bad, if not worse, than what it was during the credit crisis of 2008. I mean, this is one of the worst unemployment periods of our country's history. We have bankruptcies happening all over the place. People are uh, defaulting on their credit cards. We have the potential for uh, uh, you know, mortgages not being paid and rents not being paid, the, the real estate market collapsing. I mean, all this stuff that's in the background, but yet the stock market is up. So what is it looking at and why is that happening? Well, the first component is the improvement in the jobs picture. Is, are, are we recovering from this problem? 
and it looks like we're healing from it little by little. You know, it may get worse, but it does look like we're, we're, we're seeing the healing start to happen in the economy. How long it's all going to take, we don't know, but it looks like that is what's happening. So the overlay on top of that is the Federal Reserve and the Congress. So the Federal Reserve essentially has said that we're going to spend as much money as it takes to keep the financial system, the, the, the banks, banking system, the money supply, liquidity, all those kind of things. They're going to spend trillions of dollars they already have if that's what it's going to take. So then we look at the people who are unemployed and their ability to bridge the gap between now and as the economy heals and hopefully we get a vaccine or a treatment for the virus. Well, they're arguing about it right now, and as I record this, they haven't come up with an answer yet. It looks like they're all arguing amongst themselves between uh, you know, the politicians. But we believe that they are going to come up with some package. Um, and when they do, essentially the idea is, is to keep people give have them have the ability to continue to make their mortgage payments to continue to pay rent to buy food that kind of stuff because if they don't do that you know we could be sitting today had the fed not stepped in and the the package of the six hundred dollars a week and all that we could be looking at food lines right now we could be looking at an economy that is so damaged that it would take decades to recover from it so what's happening is we're seeing a healing process now it's going to be bumpy and there are going to be second and third waves of the virus for sure but we're seeing a healing process and we have a fed that is engaged and committed and we have a, a federal government which is battling each other but i think in the end they're all going to come about now i i, I saw that uh, president trump is also looking at if the if the congress can't get their act together that he's gonna he's looking at potentially some executive uh, override where money will get to people so Regardless of how it plays out, our view is that that's going to continue to be a source of income for people that are unemployed. And so we're going to see a gradual. Now, how long is it going to all take to get back to normal? Who knows? Who knows? But the stock market, just remember, does not care about human suffering. It does not care about unemployment. It doesn't care about anything other than profits and what future profits look like. So if the government is going to support the downside risk, by giving people money so they can keep their purchasing power, if the Federal Reserve is going to continue to uphold on the banking system and the financial system, those two stay basically uh, held up by the government and the economy continues to recover, then our view is the stock market looks like a pretty good place. Now, the elections are coming up, and I'm going to talk more about that in future shows because it's a little premature, I think, right now. But the elections certainly are going to have an impact on what happens in the stock market. There's no question in my mind about that. And we'll have more information on that in future shows for you. So what do you do with all of that? Well, right now, I, as we see it, we're, we're cautiously bullish, as you know. So we're, we've been buying. And uh, so we believe that uh, yes, you should be looking for growth. There's opportunity ahead. But there's also a lot of risk. And as I said, the elections can bring with them a whole change of heart in the stock market. We could see the government not do something that we all thought they were going to, and that could cause the market to fall dramatically. So in our view, yes, you should be cautiously bullish, but you should also have a game plan to protect against the downside. And as you, can, as you guys know, we have our strategy of invest and protect, which is designed to give you an unlimited upside. As long as the market wants to go up, we can participate. But then when it decides to go down, we reach a point where we want to get out and protect from the downside. And so that's where we sit. Now, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, there are several things. Indeed. 
If you go to our website, it's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And if you go there, uh, you have several options. One is that you can sign up for our seminars. We have several virtual seminars coming up that I encourage you to attend. We have one on estate planning, one on Medicare planning, and one on retirement planning. We have three of those. We also have the ability for you to meet with one of our uh, retirement planners, and we want to sit down with you and build an entire plan. So if you are now wanting to get to retirement, we want to help you build that plan. And if you're already retired, we want to help you to build the plan to keep you retired, okay, so that you don't have to go back to work if it can be avoided. So we want to help you with all of those things. We podcast this show. So if you uh, if you enjoy listening to this show, go to our website. You can podcast it, and it'll be uh, sent to your device uh, for, uh, for free as, as uh, every week. So all of that is at rpoa.com, okay? So our website is rpoa.com. All right. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Well, I do too. Bogey's right. All right, so we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. And when we do, we'll have social security strategies, but also we'll talk about five ways to turn income into wealth. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. I am... uh, founder of Retirement Planners of America. We are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So what we do is we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then, uh, you know, we would love to meet you and see if we can help you. And, uh, you know, Financial Times named our financial advisory firm one of the top 300 uh, registered advisors in the United States. And that's really very flattering. We're very proud of that designation. Yes, but you know what? Without our beloved and most valued clients, we would be nowhere. So all you clients, we love you. We thank you. And uh, we are a firm, as I mentioned, that specializes in retirement planning. So if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, we'd love to meet you and see if we can help you. Our website is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And if you go there, we have podcasts of this show. We have videos on a variety of the retirement topics. We uh, We have articles. We have all kinds of information to educate you and help you. And then, of course, you can always avail yourself of meeting with one of our people, our our, our retirement planners, to help you with your retirement planning. So all of that is there for you. Now, I'm going to go through, and this is one where I think anybody can benefit from the information I'm about to present. But I think one of the things that maybe you would want to do is share this with uh, any children uh, that you may have, uh, any adult children, along with yourself. So if you enjoy this segment, uh, have them listen to the podcast of it. So here it is, how to turn income into wealth. And there are five ways that, that, uh, that I think there are. Okay. So first of all, you, be aware of the difference between an income statement and a balance sheet. So the income statement is what shows all the sources of income that you have and all the sources of expenses that you have. And then you net the two and you hopefully you have more income than you have expenses and you have a net income. And the opposite is hopefully not true. And that is that your expenses are more than your income, in which case you have a negative income. But be that as it may, that is the income statement. All right. Now, Money that is left over from the income statement goes on to the balance sheet, okay? Because in, in theory, if you make more than you spend, you've got some left over, and that will go into your bank account, or maybe you invest it in uh, your, your 401k or your IRAs or your investments. You put it somewhere where it actually now resides, that money does, on your balance sheet. Yes, and where wealth resides is on the balance sheet, not on the income statement. 
So the balance sheet shows everything that you own and everything that you owe. Okay, so that's a difference between having income and expenses. This is what you own. So on your balance sheet, your assets would be your house, your car, all your retirement plans, your investments, your bank accounts, uh, all that stuff are your assets. And then you subtract from that all the debt that you have. Okay, so if you have a mortgage, car loan, whatever else, you subtract all of that. And what you're left with is what's called your net worth. And that is your wealth, is your net worth. Okay, so... Number two, so the first step is understanding the difference between those two and where it all goes. Number two is spend less than you earn, okay? That's how you turn income into wealth. Pretty basic, I know, but uh, apparently it's a revelation for a lot of people, okay? <laughs> and I, I don't mean that in a mean way, but I think, you know, it's very important to uh, spend less than you earn if you can, all right? Number three, don't confuse debt with wealth, Okay, know the difference, as I said, between assets and liabilities. So, you know, I, I remember in times in my life where, you know, I had a friend uh, years ago who had a beautiful home, a big fancy Mercedes and his pool in his backyard. And I mean, he would have parties and we'd all go there and play water volleyball and he'd have hot dogs and hamburgers for everybody. And it was like, wow, he must be so rich. Well, he wasn't. He was putting it all on his credit card. And so he, yeah, it looked like he was rich, but no, he wasn't. He was actually poor because he had so much debt that, on his credit card. But, you know, that was his way of, I guess, uh, feeling better about himself. So don't confuse debt with being rich. You're not rich if you're going to a lot of debt. Now, number four, many studies on rich people have shown that they buy luxuries last. And people who are in middle and lower income levels tend to buy luxuries first. So, they're, they're, and, and that's kind of crazy because the rich people are the ones that can afford the luxuries and they tend to buy those last. And the others are the ones that, that generally cannot afford those and they buy those first. So it's, it's a form of self-denial that you buy the things that are important first and then you buy the luxuries second. That's, what, uh, that's a way to turn income into wealth. And finally, um, manage your spending. You know, it's not just a matter of spending less than you earn. But it's also not living paycheck to paycheck. And, and I know it's difficult, right? I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and say that. But if you can manage to make it where you are not living paycheck to paycheck, that you're building up money in the background so that, gosh, you know, uh, hopefully you don't lose your job or you run into a, a, a medical or an expense, you have enough money set aside to cover that. That's how you build wealth is not living paycheck to paycheck. Okay, so those are five ways to turn income into wealth. And uh, the, the thing about this, you know, there, there's, a, there's an old thing that says, you know, there's things that are simple, but they're not easy. You know, and it's sort of like losing weight. If I said, you know, what's, what's, wh you know, what are two things you do to lose weight? Well, it's simple, right? You exercise and diet. So it, it's simple, but it's not easy. So what I've just described are very simple, uh, but they're not easy. They require discipline. And in many cases, help from somebody else. And we would love to help you with that. I'm glad we had this talk. Yes, so if you go to our website, we can help put together a cash flow retirement plan for you. Uh, if you go to our website and, and, and click on uh, meet with an advisor. Now, um, I wanna tell you that we have a uh, seminar coming up uh, next week. It's virtual, it is uh, live, so it happens as you participate in it. And it's on retirement strategies during uh, a pandemic.
And uh, for those of you, uh, I hope you're, it's not the case, but many of you are either have lost your jobs or you're looking like you may. Uh, you still want to retire, hopefully, but you want to build a plan to get you there. We talk about that in the seminar. If you're already retired and we have all this stuff going on with the, with the virus, so we have retirement strategies on what to do with your 401k. We want to talk with you about, uh, do you have enough money to retire on yet? It's called the magic number. Uh, we talk about five strategies to reduce your income taxes, increasing your retirement cash flow. Um, we'll talk about social security. Should you take it when you're 62, 66, when you're 70? We'll talk about our invest and protect strategy. You know, how do you protect yourself from the next market crash? You know, and there could be one. The elections could cause that. Who knows, right? And then we also want to talk about diversification and uh, how much risk should you take given where you are now. Uh, we'll talk about three basic pitfalls of retirement planning. And also we want to talk about your 401k and should you roll it over or not? Okay, there are instances where it's a bad idea to do so, and there are times when it's a good idea to do so. So we'll talk I don't about know that how to as say well. I thank you, except I thank you. Well, you're very welcome. So we have a lot of information on our retirement strategies during the coronavirus pandemic. So uh, if you go to our website, you can sign up for that, and it is at uh, rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have social security strategies. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. I am a senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America, and we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So everything we talk about on this show, these are the same ideas we talk about with our beloved and most valued clients. And uh, we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then we would love to meet you. We would love to see if we can help you. And uh, we would do all of that at no charge or obligation. And we part friends regardless. Our website is rpoa.com. And uh, recently, Financial Planning Magazine uh, named our financial advisory firm one of the top 100 uh, financial advisors, uh, actually for the second year in a row now. And... Uh, <laughs> Yes, indeed. And uh, so we're very flattered, obviously, when, uh, when someone decides to, to do that. But uh, at the same time, we know on which side of the toast our butter resides, and that is on the side of our clients. So all you clients, we thank you. Uh, and if you're not a client, our website, again, is rpoa.com, and you can go learn about us and podcast this show. And by the way, if you enjoy this show, please do that. Subscribe so you can continue to listen to it uh, wherever you are at any time. All right, we're going to talk now about social security strategies. And uh, I would say that probably most of the time when we're visiting with clients, the subject of social security comes up. And so it's a very important part of retirement planning. And I want to talk about, I want to go over some questions with you and give you some answers to those questions so that we can learn together. All right. So first question is, I am at full retirement age of 66. I filed for benefits at age 64. I wasn't working, so I started to receive benefits. Several months later, I suspended my benefit. I did not repay what I received. And uh, I just suspended future benefits, and I hadn't received any benefit until about a month ago when I started drawing my own benefit at age 66. So my question, wow, that's a big one. All right, so can I repay the benefits I received and file a restricted application so I can collect on my, uh, on my wife? Okay, the answer is it's too late. 
And the reason it's too late is because you opened your record. When you started uh, collecting two years ago at 64, that's when your record opened. And since it's been two years, you ha your, your uh, record is open, therefore you cannot do that, okay? So if you didn't repay your benefits, it's still open. So you have a year from the time that you start collecting uh, to repay all the benefits that you received. And if you do that, then you can basically restart your, your uh, benefits. So it is too late. Um, he says, it would, be, it would definitely be to my advantage for me to take my, uh, on my spouse now and let my benefit grow to age 70. But of course, no. The answer is no, you can't do that. It's too late. So here's the important thing I want you to remember about this. Social security is very complicated. There are so many rules. It is really something that I don't think that if you don't know the rules, if you're not versed in all this stuff, that you should make these decisions by yourself. And unfortunately, if you call Social Security, I've had many, many, many instances where people have called and they've gotten the wrong answer. And I've had people come back and say, Ken, you told me this, they said that. And I said, well, go back again and tell them that they're wrong because they, some, in many cases, don't give you the best information. So talk with somebody. Our people are trained in Social Security. We have them take a test on it. And uh, so we make sure to the extent that we can that they are uh, informed. All right, let's see if I have a, a quick question here. So this is, uh, I am 65 on Social Security disability. My wife is 63 and has not claimed. Uh, if my wife draws her own benefit when I reach 66, would I have the latitude to switch to a spousal benefit at that time, meaning he wants to collect on her uh, at that time? And the answer is you, 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 you can only add spousal benefit and only if your benefit is less than half of hers. Okay, so this means that the, what it sounds like you're asking is the restricted ap uh, application strategy. Um, I, I, I don't think you'll be able to do that. You can only add the spousal benefit. Okay, so again, if this doesn't confuse the heck out of you what I just did, then I don't know what would, because <laughs> I'm confused about what I just said. So if you're, if you're about to make uh, Social Security decisions, don't do them by yourself. Talk to somebody that can help you, and you can find that person at rpoa.com. Click on uh, Meet with an Advisor. And we'd be very, very happy to sit down with you. Now, when we sit down with you, we don't want to only talk with you about Social Security. Okay, we want to build a retirement cash flow plan for you. We want to look at how much money are you going to have in the future. We're going to make assumptions on income taxes, on when and how you take Social Security. We're going to look at uh, if you're still working or not, how much money you have. Can you retire? Can you not? All those kind of things we want to go over with you and help you to build a plan. And if we can do that, that's fantastic. And if not, that's fine too. Either way, we will part friends and there's no charge or obligation. Oh, thank you, Master. <laughs> Genie. <laughs> now, also, I want to tell you that uh, for those of you who are uh, uh, around 65 years old or thereabouts, uh, we have a very important Medicare strategies uh, during the pandemic um, uh, uh, virtual seminar. And you can attend that if you go to our website at rpoa.com. And uh, it is virtual, it's live, and you can participate in it. Okay, so go to our website, rpoa.com, for that as well. All right, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about why losing money may be worse than you think. Okay, you thought it was bad. It could be worse than even you thought. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. We are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. 
And on this show, we like our bonds shaken and not stirred. And apparently all the other financial shows, they stir their bonds. If Sean Connery knew that, oh my gosh, would he be angry? You don't want an angry Sean Connery. That's not a good thing. Anyway, we are back. I am Ken Morave, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morave. And uh, I am founder uh, and senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And our- <laughs> yes. And, and, and we view your retirement as your second childhood without parental supervision. Okay, we want you to go play, lay on the beach, go to the mountains, whatever it is you want to do. Although I guess laying on the beach right now is not really uh, something you do anymore, right? (laughs) So we want you to go to the mountains and hide out and enjoy your life uh, as you can and uh, enjoy your second childhood. Now, of course, as I've said, uh, right now the virus has has grounded you. So you may not have parents, but you still got grounded. Um, But we're going to talk now about our foundational philosophy. And and by the way, something uh, I I wanted to share with you, which is kind of cool, and that is that uh, for the second time, we've been named as one of the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies in the United States, which is really amazing to me because when I was in high school and college and I was dreaming about starting a business and all that, I used to read Inc. magazine all the time and I'd envision my mind, I want to be one of those fastest growing companies. And the fact that uh, now we are, uh, is, uh, is, is the dream come true for me, but at the same time, I know why it is. And that's because of our beloved and most valued clients. And all you clients, we love you and we thank you for entrusting us with your retirement planning. So one of the, ooh, I like that. So one of the things that uh, is foundational to our philosophy of how we manage money is that growth is important, obviously, but protection of principle is even more important. Okay, you got to live to fight another day. If you lose half your money, two thirds of your money, something terrible like that, like happened to many people in 2008 and happened in Y2K and all the other times when the markets took big tumbles, then that can significantly impair your ability to retire if that's what you want to do or to stay retired and get income during your retirement if your money drops to half. So I want to talk with you about why. And, you know, sometimes I find it difficult to believe that I have to convince anyone that losing money is a bad thing. But apparently there are people who think that you should buy and hold, which means that, yeah, if the market drops like a stone, it doesn't matter how much money you lose. It's all going to come back one day, hopefully. So don't worry about it. Well, I do worry about it. I got clients that I don't want to have to <laughs> unretire or not be able to retire. So I do worry about it. You're so, a persistent cuss, pilgrim. Yes, indeed. So I want to talk with you about why losing money may be worse than you think. Okay, so we're going to do a little exercise here. So let me start off with, let's say that you have $100, okay? And you lose 50% of that $100. So what did you just lose? You lost $50. So now you've got $50 left. So what percent, if you just lost 50%, how much do you need to gain to get back to even? Now, interestingly, a lot of people, when you ask them that question, will say, well, I lost 50%. I got to make 50% to get back to even. But let's look at the math of that because that's actually not correct. Okay? So you had $100. You lost 50%. So now you got $50. Now, you make 50% on the $50, what's that? $25. So you add the 25 to the 50, and now what have you got? $75. You don't have your $100 back, okay? So if you lose 50%, 
it means you have $50. So you got to make $50 to get back to even. So you have to make a hundred percent return to recapture a 50% loss. And that's not easy to do. Okay. So therefore, that's why in our view, protecting against losses is so important because recovering from large losses can take years. And, and here's the other thing. If the assumption is, in, in the example I'm using, that let's say you lost 50 and now you got to make 100 to get back to even. That assumes that you're not taking any money out, okay? Because if you're down to $50 and you're taking money out to live on, then you got to make more than 100% to compensate for the loss you had. Now you got to compensate for what you're taking out as well. And, you know, farmers call that eating your seed corn. Which, and if you do enough of that, when growth season comes, you may not have enough left to plant. Okay? So for us, the important thing is to preserve principle. And, and, and that is the engine for most of our clients that drives the income you're going to get during your retirement. To hear you say that makes me love you, baby. Well, wow, I'm flattered. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have a strategy in our firm that we call invest and protect. And our invest and protect strategy, I don't claim it to be perfect. And obviously, if there was a perfect investment strategy, then uh, wow. Uh, but uh, there is no perfection on this earth, unfortunately, uh, except for my beautiful wife, Faye, just so you guys know, uh, my smart, uh, intelligent wife, Faye. And uh, anyway, so but uh, perfection on this earth is hard, is hard to find. So there is no perfect strategy. But our strategy did tell us to sell in November of 2007. And this was before the great uh, crash of 2008 and the credit crisis and all that. It told us to stay out for almost a year and a half until June of 2009 before we thought we, our strategy told us that it was time to buy. Now, our strategy, as I said, is not perfect. And so we've uh, in 2015 and 18, our strategy said to sell. Both of those were dangerous times in the market, and then we felt it was appropriate to get out and protect our clients from that. They did not turn out to be bear markets. And then earlier this year, uh, in March, just before the pandemic, we also counseled our clients that it was time to get out and protect against the downside. And uh, so we're always looking to preserve your wealth so that you can have income during your retirement. And if that makes sense to you, then go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And uh, what you'll see there is you can meet with an advisor and we'll sit down with you. We'll go over our, our uh, uh, invest and protect strategy. We'll help you to build a cash flow plan. We'll help you to find out if you are able to retire now or not. We call that your magic number. We also want to look at uh, social security with you and help you to build a social security plan. When do you take it? How do you take it? Um, also, for those of you who unfortunately may have lost your jobs or who are uh, looking at the potential of that happening, we want to help you also to plan around the benefits from your company, okay, that, that uh, maybe they're offering you. Um, how, what kind of, how, how do you avail yourself of that? What do you do to bridge the gap? And then also, you know, unfortunately, there is a thing called age discrimination. You know, I was talking to a gentleman just the other day, and, uh, you know, he said that uh, he's, he's 64, and he was told that his job is gone, and it's not going to be replaced. And what's crazy is the, the college kid that he was training now has his job. So how do you like that?
So if you're over 50, retired or retiring soon, we want to help you. Okay, so our website is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the SECURE Act and its impact on your estate planning. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. I am founder of Retirement Planners of America. We're a firm that specializes in retirement planning. And uh, recently, Barron's named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors, actually for the eighth year in a row. And uh, I am flattered and honored by that. But let me tell you, I know that without our clients, I would be nowhere. Our firm would be nowhere. So all you clients, we love you. We thank you. And if you're not a client, our website is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And, uh, you know, we have two goals for you if you're a client, uh, and actually, even if you're not, if you're listening to this show, uh, we want your money to last as long as you do, and we want you to have financial peace of mind. Shazam. And Gomer, we think of your retirement as your second childhood without parental supervision. We want you to go play. We want you to enjoy. We want you to have fun and not worry about all this boring financial stuff. We want to let. We want you to let us do it for you. And uh, so, uh, if uh, we would love to meet you and see if we can help you. Now, this is the part of the show we talk about uh, estate planning, which is the passing on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And uh, so we have this week, I want to talk with you about the SECURE Act and its impact on estate planning. And so the SECURE Act, they changed uh, several laws, and I want to go over those with you because I think it's important that you are aware of them. So, um, but before that, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. My pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire And, of course, that is Tony Bennett with rags to riches. And you know the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff. It's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags. And we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. So this week, as I said, we're going to talk about the SECURE Act and its impact on your estate planning. And there are basically three major things that uh, the law changed um, as of December 20th of 2019. So let me go through all three of them with you. The first one is that they changed the age at which you must begin taking required minimum distributions to 72. Before, it was 70 and a half. So if you have not turned 70 and a half by December 31st of 2019, then that means that you can now not have to take required distributions until you are 72. So this creates the ability to uh, grow your money a little longer. It, it, it creates the ability to not pay taxes sooner. And uh, I think that was the intent of that, uh, was to help in that regard. The second thing is they repealed the maximum age for traditional IRA contributions for people who continue to work past the age of 70 and a half. Okay, so before, once you turned 70 and a half, you could no longer make 
traditional IRA contributions. And think about it, it kind of didn't make sense. You're supposed to take money out while you're adding money in. And so that, you know, that math was kind of strange. So they had a law that said you couldn't do that. Well, now, even if you work past age 70 and a half, you can contribute to your IRAs, get the deduction, even if you're uh, uh, taking required minimum distributions. Cool. Yes. Now, the third one, which really does apply to a great degree about uh, estate planning, is they eliminated the stretch required minimum distribution. And this one is not so good. Okay, the other two are, are good. This one, not so much. And so what that means is under the prior law, the required minimum distributions were based on your life expectancy. Okay, so in other words, somebody who inherited an IRA, your daughter, let's say, um, they then could calculate how much they're required to take out of the IRA over their lifetime. So they would have to take out a small amount every year. And because they could take out a small amount every year, the IRA could be perpetuated and it could go on potentially for the rest of their lives. So they could stretch it out. Okay, that's gone. Now the rule says that the all distributions from the IRAs, when you inherit it, have to be completed by 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So basically, they want to collect all the taxes within 10 years when before you could stretch it out over a lifetime. So this creates some opportunities in planning. Okay. So if, you're, if your child is uh, um, making more money now than they will, let's say, five years from now because they're then retired, if you have an older child or if you're older yourself, then you can delay and start taking those distributions later on. If you're in a lower bracket today, then you'll be in the future. You may want to take it all now than when in the future. So there are planning strategies around that that you can employ. But the key thing to remember is that the stretch provision, which was beautiful, we loved it, we used to use that, uh, is now gone. The new law says that within 10 years, everything in an inherited IRA has to be drawn down. Okay? So something for you to think about if you're if you're uh, going to inherit an IRA from your parents or if you have an IRA that you want to leave to your children there's some planning things that need to be addressed in that regard uh, in our view and we'd love to sit down with you and and, uh, and and talk with you about it now I want to tell you that we have an estate planning seminar in the time of coronavirus it's it's virtual and uh, if you go to our website at rpoa.com, we have uh, ideas on what to do right now with regard to if, gosh, if you catch the virus, you get sick or you have a medical issue, you know, how do you do your estate planning in that regard? We have uh, ideas on uh, powers of attorney for health care and, and the documents that you should have. So we have a, 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 an estate planning seminar that I think would be of great interest to you. And it is virtual and it is free. It is indeed that. No, actually, it's not. It's not too wonderful to be true because it is true, Dorothy. <laughs> but anyway, if you go to our website, rpoa.com, you can go, you can attend the estate planning seminar in times of coronavirus, and uh, hopefully you'll benefit from that. So, uh, you know what? This show is over already. I cannot believe how fast it has gone. Wow. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye bye, everybody. 
Are you over 50 and retired or retiring soon? Do you have a plan in place to help protect your money and grow it safely? Hi, I'm Ken Murray, founder and senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. We have two goals for you. One is for your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. We think that happiness is positive cash flow. In our view, that begs a critical question. What's one of the most important numbers you need to know to plan your retirement? In our view, that number is what will be your cost of living? How much will it cost to live the retirement lifestyle that you want? To meet that goal, a key ingredient for many retirees is a positive cash flow. We'd like to help you build a plan designed to achieve your positive cash flow in retirement. We can do this for you virtually with no charge or obligation. Just go to rpoa.com and click meet with an advisor. Connect with us now for your free consultation at rpoa.com. That's rpoa.com.